Hi. Good morning. Uh, we are starting a new series today called Full Throttle. And uh, being full throttle for God, being all in, and uh, I'm really excited about this. What a way to start out the new year, isn't it? Is to just, I mean, let's get with it. Let's get after it. Uh, I've told people before that when I get to heaven, I want my, I mean, I want to be fully spent. I don't want to have anything left over. I want my tongue hanging out because I gave God my all in all here on this earth, right? And, and, and our time here is very short anyway. The Bible says it's like a vapor. And, uh, and, and if we read scripture, we find out that God wants us to be all in, full throttle, giving it all with all of our heart and uh, for his glory. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what a full throttle life looks like. And the text that I want to I lead off with in this series is I want to lead off with Ephesians chapter 5, one of my favorite texts, and it's out of the Amplified Bible. And so if you want to turn there, if you want to just look on, on the screen, that's fine, or on one of your devices, that's great too. But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, we're going to start there. It says, look carefully then how you walk, live purposefully, worthily, accurately, not as the unwise and the witless, but as sensible. How many sensible people in here? <laughs> Y'all are bad, man. You're bad. We got about maybe an eighth of you that are sensible. The rest of you didn't respond, so I'm taking it that you're not, okay? And so anyway, how many sensible people in here? All right. So it tells us to, to be as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the most, making the most of of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. And I think all of us can uh, agree with that, that we live in, in a time that we've never lived in before and, and we just see evil things happening and uh, really I think uh, uh, it just surprises us that people can act so crazy. And we, we, we do live in a, in a time where, where uh, there's just hideous things taking place. And, and the Bible tells us that when we are in that time especially, we better be, we better be all in, we better be full throttle, we need to be living, living a purposeful life. And it goes on to say, therefore do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is, what the will of the Lord is. And so we, we're starting this year off talking about full throttle, and I really do want to start out with this statement, and if you're taking notes, it's in your notes. Uh, this statement is this, is because if we're going to really be full throttle, uh, then we're going to have to have a driving passion. And, and there's a particular area that we're going to talk about today that we need a driving passion in. And it's this, love for God. Love for God must be a driving passion in order to handle life skillfully. I'm going to tell you, if we don't have a driving passion, a love for God that is a driving passion, then we're not going to be very skillful in life, we're not going to be successful, and we're not going to cross the finish line a winner. And, and the reason is, is that love for God keeps us in line. It, keeps, us, it keeps, us, keeps our heart in check. When you have a love, a passionate love for someone, what do you want to do if not please them? 
When you really truly love somebody, you're going to do whatever you can to please them. But if you don't have a love for God that is a passionate drive in your life, and it's not passionate in you, then you're going to find yourself in compromising situations where you're going to go ahead and follow through and compromise. And, and, and as, a result, as a result, you're not going to live that wise, intelligent life. You're not going to be that person that is living on purpose. You're going, to, you're going to find yourself in situations that you shouldn't be in. And you're going to find yourself in places where you wished you weren't. And some of you may be there today, and I've got good news for you that you can come from behind and you can get back into that winning, that winning road, that winning track. And some of you are here, and I, I have news for you. You think you're there, but you're not there. And hopefully today we can get you there. And you can understand. The thing about deception is that you're deceived. You just think that you're okay, but you really aren't. And so the only thing that can shine light on that is the truth of God's Word. And so we want to make sure that we're on the right path, that we're living the life that God wants us to live. And so that's what we're going to be talking about, talking about today, because it will keep you where you need to be. Um, you know, all of us fall short from time to time. And, and, and when you have a love for God, you want, to, you want to bring correction to it as quickly as possible. But one of the things that I found out that if you don't have that driving passion, that love for God that is a driving passion in you, then you're more, you're more likely not to address it or deal with it or correct it in your lives. Right. And, and, and all of us have been there where we've fallen short and we've blown it and we've messed up and we missed it. And uh, my desire is that when you do, that you get right back on, on, on the track that God has you on and so that you can be the winner that God has called you to be. Uh, otherwise, if you don't have that driving passion, then you're going to find yourself pulling off the side of the road, doing whatever you want to do, and, and you're going to have all kinds of God opportunities pass you up. And so, so, you know, I was thinking about this illustration. My son and I, uh, on the week of Christmas, went to have lunch. And uh, we, went to, we went to a local restaurant. I won't name it the name of it. Uh, is, it's a good restaurant, by the way. It's not any, any problem there. But I, I carry water typically into restaurants. Sometimes they don't have bottled water or anything like that. They, they just serve tap water. So I'll usually carry water. Or, uh, I've got this, uh, uh, it's, it's like a tea that I, I mix in my water or put in my water. And, and so anyway, I'll carry that in. And I do it all the time. I mean, all the time, everywhere. And I've done it there several times before. And uh, this day we, we, we had placed our order and I had my, my, my drink there in, in, in my bottle. And, uh, and, and so anyway, the waitress, waitress brought my son his tea and then uh, brought me some water. And I said, oh, no thanks, I, I don't need it. She says, well, I was going to ask you to take your, your drink outside and take it back to the car. And, and she wasn't ugly or rude or anything. She says, it's just our policy. And I said, I do it all the time. And I probably wasn't as kind as I could have been, and I was just kind of straightforward. And I just said, I, I do this all the time. And she says, well, it's just our policy. And I said, well, let me talk to your manager. And she went to get her manager, and I saw her. And so I got up, and, and you know, I saw that she was talking to him. I got up, and I went and talked to him. I said, listen, I, I do this all the time. And he says, well, I'm sorry. That's my policy. If you'd like to leave, that's not a problem. I said, okay, we're out of here. Went and picked up our stuff, and we, we left and went to another restaurant. 
And so on the way, my son and I were in two vehicles, and on the way, I, I prayed. I said, Lord, was I wrong? Don't ask God that, right? <laughs> unless, unless you want an honest answer. Because I want to please God. I love God. I want to please Him. I want to make sure that my life's correct because I want to see God at work in every part of my life. The Bible says, blessed are the the pure in heart for they shall see the Lord. I want to see God at work in every part of my life. In order for that to happen, happen, I need to keep a pure heart. And some people may not think it's any big deal, but I did. And so I prayed and I felt the Lord say, that I have established authority and you violated my authority in that, in that restaurant. And so after I got through eating, I went back and I found the waitress. Her name's Donna, by the way. I had gotten it before we had left. And I went back and uh, the manager, had he happened to be up front. And I said, listen, I want to just say something. I, I apologize. I was wrong. No big deal. I understand. I said, it is a big deal. I just want to say I'm sorry. I apologize. And, uh, and so, uh, and so I, I said, I'd like to talk to Donna. And he says, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. And I said, oh, yeah, I want to talk to Donna and just let her know. She didn't know who I am. As a, you know, she didn't know I was a Christian or a pastor or still does it to this day. And so, so anyway, uh, so finally I, I, he gets Donna over there. And I talked to Donna and I said, listen, I'm sorry. And I apologize. And she's just so gracious. So gracious. And, and I said, uh, by the way, here's a tip. And I gave her, I gave her a tip and, and I, I left. And that was the end of it. And the reason I tell that story is that I probably wouldn't do that if I didn't have a love for God that was a driving passion in my life. I, I probably would not go back and address that and, and keep my, my heart pure. Today my conscience is clear. I'd love to say that I do that every time, but I, 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 I try to. I try to. Uh, typically, it's much easier to address something and deal with something with people that you don't know than it is with people yeah. that you live with. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that have an impure heart because they're unwilling to deal with issues. And I can't tell you, my, my uh, apology mechanism is probably pretty wore out with my wife because I'm always having to do that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but I, I'm telling you, I want to keep my heart pure. I want to keep my heart right before God. So I'm always doing this. And, and I just want to challenge you today to, to keep a pure heart before God. And, and the only way that you can do that is, is to have a love for God that is a, 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 a driving passion in your life. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And really where we're going to focus our attention is on Revelation chapter 2. I'm going to take you to Revelation. A lot of people fear Revelation, but the Bible says Revelation is a revelation of who Jesus is in our lives and who he wants to be. And uh, thank God for that. Jesus was writing a, uh, uh, or excuse me, there's seven, seven letters written to uh, seven churches, and one of, one of the letters that was written, uh, I, I want to bring a portion of it to you. Uh, Jesus was commending this church for all that it's doing and done, and, and really I think this is a picture where the church may be today, is that they think they're okay because there's a, a lot of good things in their life. 
And that's, that may be where you're at. You feel like I'm a good Christian, and you probably are. But there's probably an area that maybe isn't where it needs to be, and that's your love for God. Is it a driving passion? Do you have love for God? I'm not questioning that. You probably do. But is it a driving passion? And that's the question for you and I today. Is it a driving, a driving passion in our lives? So let's start with Revelation chapter 2, verse 2. And it says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have, pres- you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. So really, honestly, on the outside, it sounds like this person has, has it all going on, right? Or not person, but it's actually written to a church. And so this church looks like it's all, they got it all going on. I mean, it's like, man, you've labored, you're doing all the right things. Jesus is commending you. And he doesn't stop there. He says, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. You've left it. You're doing, you're doing all the things that seem to be right and probably are, but I'm going to tell you, there's, that's, that's where a lot of people are, is that what you're doing is good. It's not bad. It's not, uh, it's not to be criticized. But really, what is it that you're not doing that you should be doing? I call that the sin of omission. We've omitted some things out of our life, and uh, we're not necessarily out there committing adultery. We're not killing, stealing, lying, cheating, doing all those things. But we've omitted some things that we should be doing in our life. In this case, we've omitted the love of God. And I'm going to tell you, if you've walked away from the love of God where it's not a passion a passionate drive in your life or a driving passion in your life, then I'm going to tell you there's some other areas I guarantee you that you've omitted that you should be doing in your life. I don't know what it is or where it's at, but I just want to, I want to challenge you because I want you to be a winner. Yes, sir. And, and some of you have fallen behind in your, in your walk, in your relationship, in your influence in the kingdom of God, in people's lives, in and, uh, you know, you, you've just lost some, you've lost some of the things in your life that, that you once used to have. And I want you to regain it. I want you to be fulfilled because I'm telling you, that's what Jesus came for, is that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He came that we might have a fulfilled life, satisfied life, in serving and honoring and loving Him. And once again, I just want to say, what you're doing is not... Not needing to be criticized, but it's probably some of the things that you're not doing that need some attention. So he continues on and he says this and he really gives us the, he gives us the, 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 the uh, uh, prescription on how to deal with this, this, this loss of passion in our life. And he, he goes on in verse 6, he says, uh, he says, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen repent and do the first works or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. In other words, you're going to not see as clear as you could see. I'll remove your lampstand. Your vision is going to get very small. Your, your dreams are going to get small because I can't entrust them to you like I'd like to because it could, it could hurt you. 
If you do it without the love of God, if being the main ingredient in your life, then I've got to, I've got to take some of that vision. And I'm going to tell you, God wants to give us big vision for big things for Him. Amen? God's a big God. There's not anything impossible to those that believe. He wants to do great things in our life. So what I want to do is I just want to spend the next few minutes that we have together and talk about that prescription. How, how can we get back into that place? How can we get back into the race? How can we get, come from behind and get there? Because when we fall behind, what's one of the first things that we want to do if not throw up our hands and quit? And God doesn't want us to quit. He wants us to win. So let's talk about that. Are you getting anything yet? I'm telling you, we need to start this year out with full-blown. We're going to be talking about a few other things I'm really, really excited about. And maybe after hearing this message, some of you may not want to come back for the rest of the month because we're going to be, we're, we're going to be talking about full throttle. I'm telling you, we're not going to hold that, anything back. So how can we come back from behind? How can we come back from behind and get in there and, and run this race and run it well. Well, the first thing that he says to us that may be there today, that where we don't have that, that love for God that is a driving passion, number one, he says, remember. He said, remember from where you have fallen. We've got to go back and we've got to put ourselves in remembrance of how it was when we first served God. When we first came into relationship with the Lord, how exciting, how exciting that was. We need to make sure that we remember how it was. When I'm doing premarital counseling, one of the things that I I tell people, I say, I tell them, your honeymoon needs to be the worst day of your marriage. And the reason is, is because it ought to be getting better from that point on. It should not be the best day of your marriage and then get worse from there. It ought to be the worst day and be getting better from there. And I'm going to tell you, that's how it is with many people's relationships with the Lord, is that it, 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 it was best when we first came to know Him, when we were first serving Him, when we were first loving Him, when we were first uh, just seeking Him. That's when it was best and then it's gone downhill since then. And that shouldn't be. We ought, to, we ought to be more in love with Jesus today than we ever have been in our entire life. We ought, to, we ought to just fall, I mean, be so in love with him, willing to do some of the things that we did in the early days. You remember how it was when you were courting? Maybe some of you that have gotten married in, in the early days when you were courting. I mean, you would go out of your way to please your bride to be. Isn't that right? And maybe even in the early days of your marriage, I mean, I mean, golly, you would you, I mean, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, yes, you know, let's do this. Let's I mean you were you were knocking it out of the park every day. Every time you stepped up to the base, I mean you were hitting the ball and it was like, woo! Life couldn't be any better. And then today, good luck. <laughs> and let me tell you what happened. Somewhere you forgot. 
you forgot the love that you had for the love of your life. And there's a lot of us that, we may not real be quick to admit it, but some of us have really lost our, our driving passion, that love for God, that driving passion for God like we had in the early days. In the early days, we would do anything for Him. Anytime. For any, I mean, if God said it, I'm, I'm in full throttle. I'm not holding back. God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to do it with all my heart. Uh, we have a young lady that's new to our our, our church, and uh, uh, she came in, and she you you you'll know her. She's about seven foot two. <laughs> She's working with our children's ministry, and her name's Cheyenne, and so you'll you'll see her probably after service. But she's real tall. Her and Holden, there are giants in the land, and uh, and so he's back in the back. He runs our production. And, uh, but anyway, when, when she, she had just moved to Tyler and, and, uh, and she, she had wasn't here a couple of weeks or so and, and came here and just fell in love with our church and, and she full throttle, she didn't hold anything back, got in here. And then she came to me and she says, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to get a job because I want to tithe and I want to give. I just can't wait because I, I just want to do, and I'm thinking, how awesome is that? I, I don't want us to ever lose that heart of wanting to just do whatever, whatever it takes. And she got in and started doing what she could do and giving what she could give. And well, she got a job right away, by the way. But anyway, she, she did that, and, and God, God's just good to us in her. Amen? And, uh, you know, what communion does, communion, I I wrote this down, communion does, and we're supposed to do this regularly, it puts us in remembrance. Because we have a tendency to forget. We have a tendency to forget the good things that God has for us and done for us. And so the first thing that Jesus said is, is that in order to get back from, come back from behind is we need to remember. And then the second thing that he said to do is we must repent. We have to repent. Now the word repent means to uh, change your mind, change your heart, change your direction. So it's a choice that you're making to, to bring change, first of all. You've got to choose change. Now that's a biggie because there's a lot of people that don't want to change. Isn't that right? How many of you really, let's be honest, how many of you really like change? Most people do not like change unless they're the ones implementing it. When other people are implementing, implementing that change, they don't like it, but if it's them, it's okay. Most people just do not like change. So we got to choose change. That's what repentance is. is I, I'm doing it this way, and I see that this isn't the way that pleases God, honors God, loves God the, to its fullest then I'm going to make a change. I'm going to change some things. So he said, you've got to repent. You've got to, and by the way, that ought to be a lifestyle because we ought to be growing every year. And so there ought to be constant, continuous change in our lives. In essence, there ought to be constant, continuous repentance in our life where we're repenting and changing some areas in our life. If you can look back and on, on 2014 and, and, and see very, to, uh, very little to no change in your life, then chances are you are in big trouble. 
Because you've not done very much repenting. In other words, you've not done very much changing in your life. So we've got to change. We've got to choose change. Another thing that we've got to do is we've got to choose to love God unconditionally. We expect God to love us unconditionally, don't we? But too often we put conditions on God. God, I'll serve you, I'll love you, I'll do what you want me to do if the conditions are right. If, it's, if, if everything lines up, if, you know, if this lines up, that lines up, then I'm going to do it. Isn't that true? I think probably all of us, are, if not most of us, are guilty of that. We put conditions on God. And so we need to, we need to choose to love God unconditionally. That we not put conditions on God, but we just, whenever He says whatever He says, we just follow through and do it. One of my prayers every day for all of us is that, is that we, would, we would run to His voice, hear His voice, uh, receive His voice, and obey, obey His voice. I want to embrace His voice and then obey it. And so whatever he says is what, what goes in my life. And so we need, to choose, we need to choose that. And we need to choose to be passionate. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. Sometimes I may feel like loving my wife. Sometimes I may feel like killing my wife. And I'm going to tell you which one I go, which feeling I, which one I, I, I go by and which one I don't. She's still here. And so just because you might feel something doesn't mean that it's right. And just because you don't feel something doesn't mean that it's right. Your feelings are going to be like yo-yos, up and down, up and down. It doesn't matter. You make the choice. You live by your principles and your convictions. You live by your choices, not by your feelings, because your feelings can misdirect you. I choose to be passionate. I choose to love God. Now, what is one of the enemies of of our passion, I believe one of the enemies of our passion is familiarity. God dealt with me concerning my family, concerning, concerning our, our team, is guard against familiarity. Because why? Familiarity can, it can breed contempt. And when that happens, then you start to not value a person to the level that they need to be valued. And then we miss the mark. And there's so many thoughts just running through my mind right now of illustrations, but I was thinking about David's men. One day, David was, uh, King David in the Bible was, he was, uh, they were at war and, and he was, uh, there was some water uh, in, in the other camp, in the, in the enemy's camp, and he, he had just made, in passing, just made mention, that, oh, I'd like to have a drink of that. And he had three men that risked their lives to go get water and bring it back to him. And I'm going to tell you, there's, that's how God wants us. He doesn't want us to hold back. He wants us to have that full throttle where we're willing to do whatever it takes to risk our life, to, to do whatever it takes to follow Him and seek Him and do what needs to be done. But when we get familiar, so familiar with God, we tend to undervalue and we, we, tend, to, we tend to think that, that there's got to be more, but really when we got it all good. And I think about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had it perfect in the Garden of Eden. 
I mean, they had it perfect, 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 perfect. The, the perfect environment, the perfect scenario, the perfect living conditions. They, it, was a, it was a functioning home. And I mean, they were naked. They, they had it. They, I mean, as far as husband and wife, some of you didn't laugh. Oh, well. But they, they, they just had, they had, a, they had the perfect conditions. They really did. But I believe it became so familiar that they began to be contemptible. Is that a word? And uh, sometimes I make up words. <laughs> they sound good. And they thought that there has to be more. And guess what? They lost what they had. Think about Jesus when he was walking this earth. He was the perfect leader. The perfect leader. Yet he had one betray him. He had another one deny him. I believe it's because people lose that heart. That love for God that is a driving passion. Uh, I made mention of a book. uh, Jacob and I were talking about a book this week. And and, uh, I had made mention about this book and... And uh, and just just kind of in uh, in our discussion and and then the next day he he texts me he says don't get that book I got it for you and I thought what awesome illustration for this is that when we just hear the very desires of God that we do our best to bring them to pass that we just need to have such a love for God. Don't, you know, he, he may not command it, but we just know it's his desire that, that we just do whatever it takes to bring it to pass. Some of you heard me pray this scripture, but I'll give it to you now. In Romans chapter 12, verse 11 out of the NIV, it says, it says this. It says, never be lacking for zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking. Always make sure that you have this zeal for God. In serving, in serving Him. Amen? Amen? God, whatever you want is what I want. So he said, number one, he said, remember. Number two, he said, he said, uh, he said repent. Number three, the third thing that he said is he says, go back and do the first things that you did first. Go back to those early days. And so the third thing is redo. Go back and redo the things that you did in those early days that where you had full throttle, you were all in, you weren't holding anything back. Do that. And that's going to bring you from behind to where you need to be today. Amen? And, and as you do that, you're going, to find, you're going to find that rekindled passion, driving passion in your life that you once, you once had. You know, some of... Some of you today are so dissatisfied, it seems like, it seems like you're always, always uh, in a state of, of longing. I just want more. I want, you're longing for more. And I'm going to tell you what you need to do in order to get that longing out of you is start doing what you did in the early days. Quit holding back. Start giving God your everything. Make sure that you're, you're, you, got the, you got, what is it, the pedal to the metal? in your life, and, and do it. Just redo it. Do it, and don't hold back. 
And I'm going to tell you, 2015 will be one of the best years that you've ever lived in your life. So don't, don't hold back. Um, you know, all of us are heading somewhere. And we're heading there fast. And so we need to make sure that we're heading to where we need to be heading. And that's the finish line, finishing the course, finishing what God has for us to do here on this earth. Some of us are heading to the grave. Some of us are already dead. You just haven't made it official yet. And God doesn't want you there. He doesn't want me there. He doesn't want us there. He wants us living this life to the fullest. Let's quit kidding ourselves. Let's be honest with God. I'm not, I've, not, I've lost my passion. I've walked away from it somewhere, somehow, through the midst of our trials and our tribulations and our disappointments and our discouragements and, and just the, 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 the workings of life. Many times it's just through the, the distractions of life that we, we lose our passion. We quit doing those things that really fueled our passion in the early days. That's one of the reasons why we, we do what we do with the 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year. And it's almost like pushing that reset, reset button and saying, God, I'm going to put you first. I want to make sure that you're, you're, we're aligning. God, I felt, spoke to me uh, a couple, uh, about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, that uh, Fasting is, fasting is not about trying to get God to do something. But fasting is aligning ourselves up with what God's already doing and what he wants to get done. And some of you maybe need to get really, really serious about this fasting time and praying time like you've never done before. And hopefully this will encourage you to do that. Because God wants to do something extraordinary in, in our lives. I was talking to... Jacob and I, we spent some time together this week, and so, and uh, uh, he was telling me, and hopefully if you're here, sorry, he was telling me about somebody, had, uh, a gentleman that he had invited to church, and, and, uh, and he wanted this person to come, and this person was just unwilling for whatever reason. And I was, I was telling Jacob, I was just uh, relating this to Jacob, and uh, I said, you know, God had you there, at that time, for that reason, to talk to him, even though he may have said no. And if some of you heard his story, Jacob's story, Jacob was one of those people not long ago. He's our student pastor now, but he was there not long ago. And he was telling me about when he was in fifth grade, uh, nine, uh, he, and this kind of tells his age, but that's, this was uh, during the the 9-11 ordeal, he said they had bought some Bibles in fifth grade, went house to house, passing out Bibles and witnessing and trying to get people into church in, in the fifth grade. Is that correct? And then at some point, he lost his passion, his love for God, and then eventually got away from the Lord for a time, found himself being arrested at the age of 18. And thank God that he came from behind and got his life right 
and he's serving God, and does he make mistakes? Sure, he makes mistakes, but he's still full throttle. I'm going to do what needs to be done, and God's using him. And let me tell you, his story needs to be your story, because some of you are there today, and you need to make that change in your life. And the Bible says this in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. He says, hold nothing back, hold nothing back, redo it. He says, love the Lord your God. Look at this, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and with all of your strength. If you'll do that, if you'll give him your all, if you'll be full throttle, redo as you did in the early days, you'll find that you'll have that driving passion to live life skillfully, to live life successfully, and to finish the end of your course a winner. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. We honor you, sir. Thank you for speaking to us and talking to us and dealing with us in our hearts. I pray for each and every one of us that are here today. I know that some of us are maybe in a, in a place where we are full throttle and we're doing, we're doing the things and we're just loving you. We're enjoying the process. We're, we're, we're doing it. There's others maybe in between where kind of half in, half out and not totally in, not totally out, but we need, to get, we need to get there today. And maybe there's those that may, have never even started the race with you or have and, and totally gotten off course and need to get back on course today. Wherever we are today, I just pray that you would just draw them right now and draw us all and help us to get our lives right in the name, in the name of Jesus.